why are you resisting the glory of space wizards? Okay. All right, <laughs> <laughs> All right everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Fridays. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the Eternals. How are yeah. you doing there, Kev? I'm okay. I'm tired. Yeah, it's not a little bit tired, bud. Yeah. I'm waking up every three hours. This uh, sucks. Yeah, what an inconsiderate baby. I know. She should be sleeping more during the night than during the day. Yeah. Although, she's eating healthy, so I can't complain. Unfortunately, with the formula shortage becoming crazy, Yeah. more difficult to find it. What are you going to do? Yeah, you know, it'll get resolved. Well, with the... With the addition of like however many tons they was purchased, pumped into the market should help the uh, should help them reg or get back to normal. Cause it it was because an entire uh, distribution center or something was flagged for E. coli or something. I I don't remember. They had to shut it down completely, and they didn't. No one bothered to. Uh, ramp up production in other areas so that they could keep up. That sounds like a design shortage to me. Sounds like a faked shortage so that they can overcharge you for formula now. Ba-ba-bingo. Mm-hmm. Just like everything Maybe. else is designed. Uh, design shortages so that we can pay an exorbitant amount. Did you see how much gas was today? I... Uh, from the sound of it, thankfully not. Uh, what did it get up to? It was four. I think that the cheapest I saw it, a two or three days ago, was a four eighty nine around here. Uh, um, yeah, it is now. It is now four fifty nine. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't like how. Well, I mean, not nice. It's still fucking terrible. How the hell did we jump down thirty crap. cents? What happened? I thought oil prices went up. Yeah. It, well, it's all bullshit anyways. Yeah, right? it's complete it's bullshit. Price rigging by the the oil lobbies. And, by big oil. You know, big oil. Um, they don't, they never people. needed to raise the price because there was never a shortage. But, thankfully, today we're not going to talk about the problems of the real world. Thank God. Let's get into something more fun. The Marvel Universe. Ooh. I know we wanted to talk about the Eternals for a while because of how they are... Uh, how the big n- new event for the Marvel Universe is going to be uh, Judgment Day that you've yes. talked about in the last couple of podcasts. So uh, Big, big, big new event coming this month, uh, June. Um, we've got uh, Marvel uh, X-Men versus Avengers versus Eternals. So this is a long, 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 long running franchise for uh, Marvel and before that, Timely Comics group has been around for a long time um despite not being um something that saw quite as much popularity as like x-men or avengers um but we got new books this week Yeah, yeah new books hit us with them new all right so we got the first part of empire of the spider in miles morales spider man 38 uh, so that is imagining a world where Miles Morales has uh, become essentially the emperor of Earth, 
I don't know the specific details because this is not a book I read, but uh, it looks cool. And if you're into all the Spider-Man stuff, if that's your primary draw right now, uh, go check that out. It's got a cool cover. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a neat event. Uh, we got Ghost Rider 3. So that's a, a Johnny Blaze book. So they're bringing Johnny Blaze back, or at least appears that way so far. We got Strange number three. So this is Doctor Strange uh, as Clea. Clea is Doctor Strange in this book. Um, there's Alien 12. We got Carnage number three. So the new Carnage saga. Uh, Captain Marvel 38. Knights of X number two. Uh, Black Panther number six. Avengers Forever number six. And interestingly enough, uh, in this Avengers Forever, you get to see uh, a hero called the Vibranium Man, uh, who is essentially um, Black Panther if Wakanda had been destroyed at some point in its history. Uh, so that one I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be interesting. That is pretty cool. I should yeah. read more of the Black Panther comics because that whole section of uh, Marvel, I haven't really done a lot They've on. done a a lot of really cool stuff too over the past year or two um, with the uh, space empire of Wakanda. Uh, so they send like a, a contingency of Wakanda citizens and troops and stuff into space. Uh, I think it has something to do with time travel too. I'm not sure. I didn't read the entirety of that event. I only read like a, a partial tie-in, uh, but it looked really cool where they established like a whole space empire of Wakanda. So it sounds really neat. Uh, if you're if you're still like on the the multiverse uh, kick, if you're still like uh, really wanting that dose of like alternate heroes, mm-hmm. um, Avengers Forever is a good one to to pick up. Um, they're already on the sixth book, so uh, this will probably be trade paperback by the end of the year. Uh, so we got X Men ninety two, House of ninety two, number two, Deadpool Bad Blood number two. So some nice. Deadpool action. Uh, we got King Conan number five. And we got some Star Wars books. Star Wars Darth Vader number 23 and Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 23. That's it for Marvel. They have a nice nice big slate this week with some uh, pretty big books out there. Yeah. Shout out to Dark Horse Comics, though, this week. Um, I actually liked one of our tweets. Oh, nice. Super yeah. cool. Yeah, right, because, well, Dark uh, Horse is a, a mainstay of comic books. Love Dark uh, Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse is some of my my favorite comic books, especially. Um, I was talking about how um, I tweeted out about the Kamchatka Stranger Things series that they do. Okay. Uh, there's this brand new series that's come out uh, in the last couple of months called Kamchatka. So anybody who's watched Stranger Things 4, definitely pick up. Kamchatka, uh, Stranger Things. That yet. Stranger Things four. Yeah. Uh, Molly and I were we had started watching it, so we haven't gotten Something. very far because we wanted to rewatch the entire three seasons because honestly, it's been so long since one of them came out. We kind of forgot what happened. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure I'd have to go back to uh, at least the last season. Yeah, this one. Yeah, fresh. this. This Kamchatka series looks really, really good. And um, uh, the next volume should be coming out, or the next issue should be coming out this month because it's April, May, and then the June issue should be coming out. So 
Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's that's my recommendation for the today. But uh, I'm sure you have some more weekly recommendations to get through. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, so we got DC. So we've got some annuals from them this week. We got uh, Batman 2022 annual, um, which promises some new villains, some updates to old heroes. Uh, we've got uh, Action Comics 2022 annual. Um, and I think you got to Google this next cover, um, the nice yeah. house on the lake. And I want to tell you what you think about the cover versus the name of the book. The nice house on the lake by number nine, number nine. It's a DC book. Hold on. I got to put in number nine because the first one that popped up was obviously number one. Okay, here we go. Ha! I did see this the other day. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a DC book to tell you the truth but i did see right, it the yeah. other day it's I mean, honestly, just some weird mafioso like, uh, dude like in a towel or something yeah he's in a what looks like a bathhouse but the bathhouse is blood like the water is blood yeah it looks like that or wine it looks more like blood. i'm assuming they're going for blood here not wine I, yeah i assume as well yeah, yeah. it's very interesting uh, so panel. yeah, if you want to see that for yourself, Google "nice house on the lake" number nine. For uh, sure. So we have another crisis event coming up. Oh no! Um, Justice League Road to Dark Crisis number one. Uh, so the the text they had on League of Comic Geeks uh, is pretty vague uh, concerning this one. Uh, so I would say if you liked uh, any of the Crisis comic books so far, definitely pick this one up. Um, I probably won't. Honestly, I might wait until it becomes like a, a collection. Um, I'll probably only stick to uh, the new Flashpoint um, for now. The Flashpoint Beyond with yeah. um, uh, Thomas Wayne. Yep. As Batman. Mm-hmm. I always I was I was always hoping that they were going to do something with that, and I'm so glad that they finally did. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that that alternate version of characters uh that they've done a, a good version in dc of uh bringing that up now uh in the past i don't know if they really did a good job of embracing it um uh but now it feels like they're actually like embracing these characters and giving them some life rather than just being a, a one-off thing um well i mean but did you ever watch the flashpoint uh animated feature no, I didn't see that one. Oh, it's real good. It was so odd to see Superman because normally Superman's super buff, but watching him and then listening to the voice uh, character that they had for him, it was this skinny, skinny guy who's been sitting in a cave pretty much his entire life because I believe he was being held captive by Atlantis or someone like that been a while okay. since i've read or watched the 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 show but he's super skinny a uh, super tiny guy and then um the voice character that they have is like super high-pitched it's it's uh it's not deep manly voice it's like high-pitched teenager kind of voice you know, if you know what I'm going yeah. with. Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 like he's a completely different character, but it's it's Superman and um the Flash obviously seeks him out because he's 
more powerful than Atlantis and, and the Amazonians combined. And since they're warring with each other, the Flash needs someone uh, other than Batman on his side. So he goes out, he finds where he's being held, he rescues him, and then um, what ends up happening is he, he jumps out of this cave and then gets into the sun's rays, and then all of a sudden he's Superman again. But okay. Superman as the skinny little teenager, not Superman that we know. He's just all got right. all, all the powers. So it's a pretty good animated feature. I would consider watching that if you got time. Especially okay. if you don't feel like reading the comics themselves. Um, yeah, if I find a deal, I'll probably read the books. But uh, yeah, I'll check that out. I'm sure it's on one of the streaming services. I'm sure you probably find it on one of them YouTubes. <laughs> one put. of them YouTubes. Yeah. All right. Uh, we also have Shadow War Omega number one. Um, this one looks like it's got a uh, uh, Deathstroke's uh, like a helmet with a, a big old knife in it. So that one's interesting. I don't know anything about Shadow War, but uh, Omega sounds like it's the event, the end of the event. All right. Yeah. Uh, there's also a Batman Beyond the White Knight showcase. Uh, so. They're occasionally like uh, a nice like artwork showcase for some Batman books. Um, the last one I'm aware of is uh, the Nightfall one, uh, which had a whole bunch of like co- concepts for um, you know Batman suits and like for the people who would be taking the mantle. Uh, so I'm s- assuming this is basically that, uh, just uh, some nice concept art that didn't get into the final book. Yeah. And it's definitely worth picking up if you're uh, into just like the comic book art and like the the kind of ideas that go into making it. You mean the only? Um, you mean guys like you, pretty much? Yeah, absolutely. Guys like me who uh, will obsess over like the the design of yeah. everything. I'm all about story. You're all about the illustrations. For... Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll also get into that for Eternals because I've got uh, some notes. Uh. Not really, but I, I have bones to pick. Uh, here for Boom, <laughs> we've got uh, Once in Future, number 26, and Magic the Gathering, number 15. So it is just a little offering from Boom this week. Um, but we got a whole bunch from Image. So we got uh, Little Monsters, number 4, Kev's absolute favorite. Little Monsters. Uh, not about, number not about the monsters under the bed. About the children. I know, it's just it confuses me because that's the thing that I watched when I was a kid, Little Monsters, with Howie Mandel and Fred Savage. Right. Yeah. And Ben Savage was in that movie. I think it was his first mm-hmm. acting credit. To tell you the truth. Yeah, this is about uh, children versus vampires. Kind of the same thing, maybe. No. Uh, eh, well, not really. Not really. Uh, <laughs> the Scorched number six. Uh, we got The Walking Dead Deluxe, number 40. The Closet, number 1. Firepower, number 21. What's the Furthest Place From Here, number 6. A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number 8. Step by Bloody Step, number 4. A Loaded Bible, Blood of My Blood, number 4. The Phalanx, number 1. And Super Freaks, number 1, which is featuring Savage Dragon. Yeah, so uh, that's definitely not everything that came out this week. Uh, check out leagueofcomicgeeks.com. It's a great site for not only uh, noting what books you have, but 
what's coming up, what's coming out, uh, getting synopsises of little hints of what the book's about uh, so you can decide whether you're going to pick it up or not. Um, check that website out and uh, get ready. Get ready for your judgment day. Yeah. yeah. And as a side note, uh, if you're into Pride Month, uh, go ahead and check out Image Comics. They have a nice section about um, comic books to celebrate Pride Month. One that I find particularly interesting is Bitch Planet. <laughs> what? By, by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Valentin Delandro. Yeah, I gotta Google this one. Yeah. Uh, critically acclaimed, deliciously vicious sci-fi, uh, sci-fi satire. Think Margaret Atwood meets Inglorious Bastards. That's fantastic. Okay. It looks pretty good, just based on the on the uh, front of the cover alone. Um, oh, yeah. Also, another one. Nice. An author. Another one would be uh, "Burn the Orphanage" by Cena Grace and Daniel Friedman. Well, that's just rude. It looks good. It. So, yeah, just uh, things to keep in mind. Broaden your horizons. And if you are looking for other um, great LGBT books, there are um, a couple out of Marvel from the past year or two. Uh, There is a couple books uh, concerning Hulkling and Wiccan. Um, uh, They have a whole book dedicated to their marriage and uh, several books uh, about their relationship as well. Hmm. Um, I didn't know and any then there's of that. the uh, America Chavez book uh, I think it's a five book run uh, that came out over the past I think year and a half um, so yeah there, there are lots of um, like nice uh, deep uh, well built characters uh, for uh, Pride Month that you can check out uh, from all of our favorite comic book distributors mm-hmm mm-hmm all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Are you ready, Kevin? I'm ready. ready. My ears are strapped in. I'm ready to. <laughs> I'm ready for this ride, this roller coaster. All right, hit, hit as long me. As your ears aren't strapped on. We're mm-hmm. ready to go. Hit all me. right, the Eternals or uh, Homo Immortalis. All right, so we got some notable characters here. We got uh, Icarus. We got Bastos. Uh, so Icarus is one of the most um, well-known characters for Eternals. He's the one you see on a lot of the fronts of the books. Um, and while in the movie, uh, he did not play like the main role, but he was a, a forefront character. Um, this is uh, generally the face you see in the books as like the face of action. Uh, he's very strength-forward. Um, eternal so his his deal is punching stuff real hard uh shooting it with laser eyes and other assorted violence i mean to be Um, fair in the in the movie that's sort of how they were trying to portray his character a lot like especially when um what was her name uh why can't i think uh, ajac no ajac especially when ajac um died they were like you should be in charge the strongest of us and all that jazz yeah. he he is definitely not like the character that comes up with the plans or anything in in most of the books um he's usually the one executing them um nice we got fastos fastos uh is 
the caretaker of the machine, so the great machine. Uh, he's not quite as much as an inventor in the books. He is much more about um, building and maintaining this uh, device that has existed within Earth uh, since before even the Celestials got there. Uh, and what device is that? It's the machine. It's called. It's just called the machine. Oh, is it a plot device? It is a plot device. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. So it's machine. It presumably makes Earth a habitable place and uh, keeps the grand machinations of whatever going. Plot device. Uh, Fastos in the movie <laughs> we see as uh, like the mind, the mind of the group, uh, building things, helping to develop technology for the various cultures of Earth. Now, in the movie, it felt a lot like he, all he really was doing was um, coming up with ideas to move them forward. And then uh, yes. planting them into uh, the minds of humans. Uh, yes, so uh, it's vaguely placed in the movie whether or not he's actively teaching humans to use these things or he's just doing that like guiding them to the technologies um yeah yeah exactly in the books uh the eternals kind of do both ish Mm -hmm. um but he's he's mainly uh like the the maintainer of the machine uh we've got uh cersei so we know her as someone who is uh very good at uh, manipulating other people. Uh, she is not quite the same way Druig is. Uh, she doesn't necessarily do it for like selfish ends, but uh, is more of a manipulator. I don't remember if she actually has uh, matter-changing powers in the books, but she is more durable than the average human. Uh, much more uh, durable than the average human, as Eternals are, but definitely not on the same level as Icarus. Uh, probably by the same power difference between her and a normal human. Um, yeah. In the movie, she's our main character. Uh, she drives the story forward. She's gathering the crew. Uh, she doesn't have uh, like powers of suggestion, or at least none that we've seen. And uh, she is classified as like a, a matter changer, so she can change what matter is. Cersei. Yes. Mm. I enjoyed that the visuals on on her abilities. Oh yeah, I mean that that type of ability really opens the door to some interesting visual effects. Uh, after that, we have Ajax. So uh, kind of similar in the books as in the movie. Uh, you know, more of a leader, uh, less of someone who is doing all that much themselves, but it is contributing to the the whole of the Eternals. Uh, in the movie, of course, played by Selma Hayek as a individual who has healing power and is uh, guiding um, the crew of Eternals, um, of which we only see uh, Icarus, Fastos, Circe, Ajax, Gilgamesh, Dina, and Sprite. No, Sprite, Druig, Makari. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, a whole bunch more, aren't there? 
There are uh, a bunch more, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Sprite. So Sprite uh, is basically the same as in the comic books as in the movie. Uh, an eternal 11-year-old who has the power of illusions, so creating illusions to either fool an enemy into misdirection or to uh, captivate the minds of humans. There is a really big storyline with uh, Sprite, as far as the Eternals go, uh, that takes place kind of late in the comic book, so we're not going to get to that today, but uh, it is a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, Next we have Gilgamesh. So Gilgamesh plays a much bigger role in the movie as he does in the book. So in the books, uh, Gilgamesh is kind of in the same vein as Icarus, so not a energy projector or a flyer but is um you know an epic warrior who uh you know kills deviants and uh ultimately defends humanity uh in the movie basically the same fighter uh uses like energy projected gauntlets uh and becomes the caretaker of dina Mm -hmm. uh mad weary is a thing from the comic books so uh, Mad Weary is when they've generated too many memories and it start. they all start conflicting with each other uh, just because there's too much. They've lived too much. They have too much information in their heads. Uh, so in the movie, they just roll back their memory and, and basically delete everything else. In the comic books, uh, the machine keeps backups of the Eternals. Uh, so... Uh, if you have Mad Weary in the comic books, they're going to select your most recent backup in the machine, and they're going to kill you. You're going to die. Jesus. Yes. So, a uh, big difference. Um, as far as we've seen so far in the movies, um, we haven't seen Eternals come back. But uh, in the comic books, Eternals are essentially immortal. Um, so, they come back after they die. They're resurrected by the machine. Now, um, did we get a glimpse of the machine in the movie itself? When, I don't think so. When Cersei was when Cersei was uh, it was revealed to her that uh, by oh, what's that celestial's name? I'm sorry, Arishem. Uh, Arishem. That um, they're basically just machines themselves that exist forever. And they every time they come back. To oh yes, ship. I remember the part now. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, they didn't obviously allude to it, but it seems like it was heavily implied that that might be what what it is. Right. Uh, it it definitely could have been the machine. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it is. Uh, I I, I'm excited point, to see it's the Eternals just something again. that could be. Uh, just uh, a design at this point, or something that could be set up to be the machine if you know the eternals was successful Mm -hmm. uh so i think i think we'll see the eternals again and i think it will be exciting so i am excited to see what role they play going forward so that brings us to uh an eternal we haven't seen on the big screen and plays a big role in uh the eternals lore is uh uranos uh, so Uranus is uh, like the godfather of, um, or grandfather rather, uh, of Thanos. Uranus and Kronos are uh, like two of the oldest Eternals, um, and they play a big role as uh, 
not just leaders, but um, like guiding forces uh, of the Eternals and Eternals uh, society. Next, we bring, I got to stop saying, um, mm, I'm having a delicious snack, just so everybody at home knows. <laughs> Every time I say, um, I'm like, mm, yum. Uh, <laughs> Mercari is uh, another important Eternal, so uh, they're a speedster, um, similar to the Flash, uh, although there's no like time force in the Marvel Universe. Speed force, you mean? Um, yes, speed force. Um, uh, so they're also deaf, so they're deaf in the book, uh, in the more recent books, um, and in the movie, they're deaf, so uh, they use vibrations to tell like what's going on and uh they would be the progenitor of uh sign language uh in in the movies uh, since they would be the first individual to use that type of communication um although she uses american sign language in the movies she does she does use american sign language <laughs> i think we just changed the name now it's uh it's eternal sign language yeah uh yeah <laughs> uh in in the more recent books, Makari plays a much bigger role. Um, in the movies, I have to say, really well done. Maybe one of my favorite uh, power, visual powers from the movie. Um, straight up, I think, puts puts some of the Flash uh, shows, movies to, to shame, even. Um, really well done visual effect for that power. Oh, the yeah. Movie. The whole movie was visually pleasing. The story yes. was a little off, but um, overall, it was a decent output. I mean, they're not all going to be winners, but yeah, they're... I think at the very least, it was very entertaining. It was a pleasant movie to watch. Yeah, I enjoyed it, especially yeah. watching it in uh, uh, with three D in the IMAX. Okay, was... I, I didn't see that, but I I generally prefer the real the real D real like real three D stuff where uh, it's more from... about depth. I gotcha. And about it coming out of the screen just because I, you know, my glasses, my vision doesn't like um, it messes with that version of 3D. Yeah. Um, so that, that version where it's showing more depth rather than that is really nice for me. And then we got a delicious snack. Num, num, num. Uh, Druig is the next one I have on my list. So Druig, we know in the uh, movie that is you know, adept at controlling humans. In the comic books, uh, he is a grade A douchebag. He is manipulative, uh, intentionally controlling of other Eternals for his own agenda, very intent on using others for his own gain. I mean, it goes along with his power, so... Yes. What are you going to do? And he does not shy away from using his power or even attempting to use his power on other Eternals, which in the comic books does happen. Doesn't um, ever At least to work. a lesser effect. It, it does kind of, but it's not direct control like you would see him do to a human. Got it. Um, and then we got uh, Zurus. So Zurus was not shown in the movie. Uh, Zurus is the leader of the post-Civil War Eternals, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, in the comic books, uh, recent comic books, he's been the leader of the Eternals. Gotcha. And then uh, Thanos. So we've seen Thanos, and while Thanos is 
he's kind of an eternal. So he is he is born of an eternal mother, uh, but has deviant syndrome. So we'll talk about that in a second. So he is technically an eternal, and his brother is Eros, who uh spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the Eternals, fast forward like thirty seconds. <laughs> uh he shows up in the post credit scene of Eternals with oh, like a little dude, a little drunk dude. Played by um uh what's its name? Patton Oswalt. Uh not Eros. Eros isn't played by Patton Oswalt. No, that's played by Harry Styles. Harry Styles plays Eros and then uh, he's he has his own little sidekick. You know, I, the name escapes me at the moment. Yes. Uh I, I honestly can't think of the name of the sidekick. It's not really important for this context, but uh they have been shown in the movie, so we're gonna get more eternals. Different eternals. Uh so their yep. characteristics they are highly durable and host to a wide variety of incredible powers. Uh, pretty much everything under the sun. Really, really wide berth of what they can do. Um, they are also technically immortal, which we've already mentioned. So when they're killed, they're resurrected by the machine, uh, which the process, which was only uh, revealed recently in the comic books, uh, selects a human and replaces them with the Eternal who died. So it's taking a living human and transforming them into that Eternal who died. So it's replacing their being with the Eternals being. Holy shit. To be specific. Yes. Uh, That's a big revelation in the world of the Eternals. Pip the Troll is the uh, character that Pat Oswalt yeah. played. Yes. Uh, Pip the Troll. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So uh, they are bound by the machine to exterminate excess deviation. So once a deviant mutates, they are compelled to destroy it the point they lose control of their own bodies so uh in the movie we only really saw the deviants as uh expressing the excess deviation so not as individuals uh as like monsters so in the comic books deviants are essentially uh humans who have been changed by the celestials in a way that was not successful um so eventually, over time, uh, they succumb to the deviation sickness and transform into uh, bloodthirsty monsters that will literally ter- terrorize the planet until they've consumed everything. Um, so in, in hmm. the past, the Eternal's goal was to protect humanity by exterminating the deviants. Recent events have seen Eternals attempt to understand and even protect Deviants now that they know more about what their creation was, the overall creation, you know, how they're propagated, uh, they're attempting to change. Uh, They are capable of forming a a uni-mind temporarily to achieve great power, so all Eternals are able to uh, bond and attempt to create a unimind, uh, which can give them uh, great power to come over, overcome a great difficulty or a, a foe of great cosmic power. Nice. Uh, resur- so they're resurrected in order of importance. So um, depending on 
like what the machine considers importance and uh, what we later find out uh, can be manipulated. Um, some are resurrected right away. Some are not resurrected at all. So that's fun. Eternal, immortal, but only if the machine wants you to be. Apparently. Uh, so their foes, uh, main foes, are essentially deviants affected by the mutation. Uh, enemies of Earth, specifically powers of cosmic magnitude. So, really, they probably should have been included in the uh, Thanos uh, line of movies. Um, but I, I'm sure that uh, they will mostly write that off as a uh, political conflict between Eternals if they include some of the Eternals that we'll talk about going forward. Um, mm -hmm. But that that magnitude of conflict should have uh, invoked them. Well, according to the uh, MCU's version of the Eternals, at least Ajax, Thanos wasn't their problem. The Deviants were always their problem. Yeah. It's, so that's, that's a... Ex what I would consider like a political thing for them. Mm. So it's it's not their problem because he's not creating more deviation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is debatable. Um, but, and then often uh, just each other, just uh, other Eternals are often their foes. Um, it, when you're immortal, yeah, who do you pick fights with? Pick fights with other immortals. Whoever pisses you off that week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, oh, you really pissed me off this century. I'm going to get you. Because uh, <laughs> we know they live for thousands, if not millions of years. Yes, and they get into an eons-long battle. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, the Eternals are created by the Celestials uh, one million years ago from the current timeline in the MCU. Uh, 100 were created and left to protect Earth. Over time, the Eternals built great cities such as Olympia, which drew the attention of the Greek gods. And after an alliance, the Eternals acted as the gods and emissaries for a time. Uh, the Eternals was created by Martin A. Bernstein and Jack Kirby, originally showing up in Red Raven number one, 1940. So, uh, really really long uh, history for this group. Almost um, 80 years. 80 years. Some of this stuff has been, like, it, not originally introduced as Eternals, but retconned as Eternals in later comic books. Um, but yes, they, they've been around for a long time. Um, so their creation, the creation of the Eternals. So during the time of Homo erectus, the Celestials Notice the versatility of human genomics. Uh, Gammon the Gatherer collected specimens, and Zaran the Tester mutated a hundred into twisted deviants, while Nazar the Calculator transformed a hundred into the Eternals, or Homo Immortalis. Uh, Tiamat the Communicator helped design a few specific specimens, including Mercari. Uh, so we know Tiamat as the eternal that was to be birthed out of the Earth. Celestial, you mean? In the movie. 
What? You said eternal, you mean celestial? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the celestial. And uh, forgiveness on some of these names, because they are interesting. Uh, but yes, uh, Tiamat, the communicator, a celestial, uh, is the one that is to be burst out of the earth in the movie. Uh, Tiamat already existed in the books before um, there was even humanity on Earth. Uh, also, I was surprised to find out that Arishem uh, was not included in the group of Celestials in the first hosts or any of the hosts that we will get to today. At least not directly by um, the fan wiki. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we got a hundred twisted deviants. We've got a hundred uh, Eternals. Um, it is also known that the X gene, the gene that eventually leads to the mutants, uh, is created at this time and becomes a part of humanity due to uh, these experiments. Uh, so that brings us to Kronos. Kronos mm -hmm. was the original leader of the Eternals. He builds a secluded zone uh, for the Eternals outside of normal dimensional space in uh, the North Pole between six artificial molecules. So if that's confusing, I'm also confused with you. Everything back then. Everything yeah. about it. <laughs> Everything. Uh, interestingly enough, um, I think we might even see this place, the exclusion or Olympia, um, in uh, Ant-Man Quantumania. Uh, they're talking about having entire like giant cities in the space between molecules, which as we know, uh, Ant-Man can dive right into if he wants to. The space between. It. Yeah. Space between molecules. That would be interesting. We'll yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, so the deviants during this time formed the kingdom of Lemuria. Uh, and in time uh, in the Marvel Universe 600,000 years ago, a uh, civil war breaks out between Kronos' faction of peaceful Eternals and Uranus' faction of Eternals who want to rule the planet. With the help of Oceanus, Kronos' uh, faction prevails, banishing Uranus and his followers to Uranus. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, the 24 exiles ended up on Uranus where they destroyed a Kree outpost and proceeded to build a spaceship back to Earth. Astron and three others refused to follow Uranus any longer and founded a permanent colony on Uranus. Uranus's ship was then destroyed by a Kree fleet and crashed on a Titan moon uh, on Titan, a moon of Saturn, with only seven of the 20 Eternals that left Uranus alive. They formed a colony there and abandoned their plans for revenge. The Eternals left on Uranus encountered the native Uranians and were allowed to live amongst them with the caveat that if they ever left the enclosed environment that they would be destroyed. So they do form a permanent uh, colony with the Uranians on Uranus. Uh, over time, the Eternals on Titan returned to their bloodthirsty ways and a second civil war killed all remaining besides an Eternal named Suisan. Susan? Uh, <laughs> uh, I suppose you could uh, 
pronounce that as Susan, but it's spelled S U I hyphen S A N. Okay. Shushan. Uh, <laughs> eventually, an eternal named Alars came, uh, left Earth and came to Titan uh, when he encountered Suisan or Susan. <laughs> I, I, I can't not see that now. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. That's from uh, what the hell is his name? Johnny something. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> uh, when he encountered uh, Suisan, he proposed creating a Eternals derived being uh, that he called the Titans. Uh, together, they transformed Titan into a wonder of science and technology, complete with a supercomputer to run the environment called Isaac. Over time, Alars and Suisan had twins, one they called Eros, and the other was planned to be named Dion. But uh, when she saw her child, it drove her mad, and she named that child Thanos. The second child was affected with the Deviant Syndrome, which is why he's a Balchinian. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, presumably why he's purple. Uh, For those who don't know, the Eternals are more or less uh, humanoid beings that could be um, confused for as just normal humans, uh, except for Thanos, because he's purple, as he's a deviant kind of ish. Uh, she saw the potential for death in his eyes and tried to kill him, but was stopped by Alars and imprisoned. She was returned to Olympia, the exclusion, but suddenly disappeared in an attempt to speak to her son who had now become a killer. Uh, Thanos had slayed two of his classmates and had killed 17 individuals in total. When Suisan attempted to talk to him, he killed her and dissected her in an attempt to find the secret of his birth. Uh, So in terms of eternals, celestials, events that um, may seem moment to moment for them, maybe decades or even centuries for normal human beings. Wow. Yes. Uh, the concept of time for them is very different. Um, and this particular event uh, has also been uh, revealed as uh, a instigating event for one of the... Uh, uh, main villains for Avengers Forever uh, in the Kid Thanos. So in in that universe, that Kid Thanos went back in time and killed the primordial Avengers of his universe hmm. and then becomes part of this uh, goon squad that goes universe to universe, uh, killing off the Avengers and claiming the worlds as their own. Uh, but that's that's a different story for a different time. Yeah, We're talking about Eternals. <laughs> uh, so after her death, she awoke screaming in the machines of rebirth in the exclusion. The Eternals of Earth decided Suisan was too dangerous to allow to leave the exclusion and imprison Susan forever. Susan! Uh, Susan! Uh, so the exclusion, while a base for the Eternals, is also definitely a prison for some. Uh, eventually, Alars is also killed 
he's killed by Thanos uh, to wake up in the exclusion. And he gets imprisoned in a similar fashion as uh, Sui-san was. However, uh, when he is approached by Icarus, asking if he would like to speak to Sui-san before his imprisonment, says it's better that uh, they not communicate. Uh, ultimately, it would have been better if they had never existed at all. Uh, regretting uh, the fact that Thanos exists because of them. Damn. Yes. That's that's some brutal brutal dark shit there. Uh, so during this schism in Eternal Society, the Deviants had spread exponentially and essentially conquered the Earth. Zerus and the Eternals realized they will not be able to overcome the sheer volume of Deviants and called the Celestials, where a second host of Celestials arrives and quickly destroys the majority of deviants, resulting in the sinking of Lemuria and Atlantis. An eternal named, and I'm really trying to pronounce this name, but it is brutal. I will spell it out after. Uh, Utnapishtim. Uh, so U-T-N-A-P-I-S-H-T-I-M. Wow. There you go. Uh, builds an ark and saves a vestige of the remnants of humanity to restart society. So everything with humanity up to this point is prehistory. Every society they built, every technology that they've encouraged, uh, it exists, but it's now lost to the humans that survive. They only know what they knew at that time. Uh, so with the second host of Celestials departing, they punish one of their own, uh, Tiamat the Communicator, by removing his essence and sealing it underneath the Pyramid of the Four Winds. Oof. That's, that's, a, that's a bad Celestial. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, this is not the first time Celestials have come to the planet Earth. Uh, four billion years ago, a Celestial known as Progenitor crashed on Earth in an area that would become the North Pole and died due to an infestation of a race called the Horde. So another uh, insect-style uh, race uh, related to the uh, Annihilation Wave and uh, the Brood. So. Not the same race as those uh, creatures, but uh, similar in concept and purpose. Uh, gotcha. This starts the Hyborian Age, which introduces Conan the Barbarian and other Earth, early Earth-born heroes and gods, such as the Olympian gods of what would be Greece and Krom, among others. But that's a tale for another time. Because Conan... He's got his own stuff, and there's more Conan on the way because the second uh, group of Savage Avengers has already been launched. Savage Avengers number one is out now. If you don't have it, you should go get it. Savage Avengers has been one of my favorite reads, and uh, it looks like a really interesting team of heroes. So check that out. Also, uh, Lionel Francis Yu does the first cover for it, 
And I absolutely love that artist, so check it out. Uh, after the Hyborian Age, the Eternals begin teaching and semi-integrating into human, tech, uh, human society. Uh, several Eternals formed a pack with the pact. Oh my god, I am not good reading skills, have I? Uh, Kevin, your, you talk sorry. for a second. Of your own uh, notes? Yes. Jesus. It's not that it's written bad, it's that my brain can't handle it. It's just, it's going faster than I can read. Jeez. Yeah, take a second. Ooh, breathe. Woosah. Get, get, get together. I'm just so excited about Eternals. Get your shit together. All right. I'm getting it together. I'm getting my shit together. All right. X is going to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, several Eternals formed a pact with the Olympian gods. Uh, others act as acted as gods themselves, such as Veraco, who migrates to South America to take on the roles of Quetzalcoatl and Kukulakan, while the other Eternals who came with him integrate and guide progress. Uh, so we definitely see Eternals in the the Mayan area uh, at the time of Spanish invasion in the movie. They don't mention exactly what they're doing there. Uh, as far as the movie goes, uh, the Eternals have always been uh, guiding humanity by their hand, uh, more or less. Not standing behind and just watching what happens, actively engaged with them in some way, Yeah. Uh, as far as the movie goes. Comic book Eternals are more hands-off until this point. Um, uh, yeah, they integrate and guide progress. So at this time, uh, a major confrontation with a group of deviants takes place, and a young Thor Odinson finds himself assisting Viraco and the South American Celestia Eternals, uh, which ultimately ends in the death of Viraco. And the other Eternals, uh, they wipe Thor's memory of the confrontation, which he will recover the memory of only centuries later. So even so, even compared to like the gods Zeus and Thor, uh, Ares, who uh, exists in the comic books, and that we'll hopefully see several of these um, gods in Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, oh, we know we get to see Zeus. We may get to see Ares. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm hoping that they have like a kind of a wide variety. It's possible um, we could see Hercules too. Hercules. Uh, there's also Ares' son, uh, who I now immediately forget the name of. So I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that because that is a character I like. Boy. Yeah, it, it's no no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Boy, uh, his son is actually a part of the Secret Warriors, uh, a team. Um, that we see early 2000s. Alexander Aaron? Yes, but he does end up being a a god. A, a Greek god. Uh, Phobos? Yes. Thank you. Fear. Phobos, the god of fear. Yeah. 
Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and th- there's some pretty interesting uh, interactions there. And by the way, on that same Secret Warriors team, we have Daisy Johnson, or Quake, uh, who we were talking about last week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, we see the Eternals on essentially controlling, you know, another incredibly powerful Earth hero um, and kind of using him to their own ends um, where it might be considered maybe a, a mercy for uh, Thor not to know that these uh, beings exist that have existed far longer than uh, the Earth has been habitable. Um, they you know, make that choice for him and uh, wipe his mind. So uh, during this next century, the Eternals find themselves in conflict with the Inhumans, and this conflict results in the creation of the Time Sword, which is then destroyed in retaliation by the Inhumans. Uh, after this conflict, the third host of Celestials arrives on Earth, and they assist with cultivation and development of humanity. When they arrive, Ajax leaves the Incan territory and meets with the Celestials in the Polarian Eternal City, where they are assigned uh, as the primary communicator to the Celestials and placed in suspended animation in the Temple of the Space Gods. Icarus is tasked with attuning his senses to the arrival of the Celestials for when the fourth host arrives. The Temple of the Space Gods is located in a secret region of the Andes Mountains. At this time, the Eternals make a truce with the Deviants not to interfere with humanity until the arrival of the fourth host of Celestials. So uh, that leads us to the 20th century, and we're going to leave that for next time, True Believers. 20th century Eternals and the modern storylines that have been coming out just this year, early 2000s. We're going to get into all that next time. Probably a good idea since that was a lot of information for everyone to have to absorb before we get into anything crazy. Yes, so uh, we're going to get into a lot more detailed actions of uh, the core cast of Eternals. Um, We're going to be talking about how that's going to lead up to Judgment Day. Um, I'm really excited about that book. I think it's going to be, uh, interesting and it seems like it's going to be the defining, uh, activity action event of the current Marvel universe, at least for, uh, the rest of this year. Uh, so I would say, you know, if you're just getting back into comic books, uh, pick that book up. If you're, a long-time reader, uh, and you're maybe not into Eternals as much, uh, I would still get it. Uh, there are going to be a lot of offshoots for that one, so don't worry about getting all those. Just pick up that core book, uh, and you're going to see Avengers. You're going to see X-Men. You're going to see Eternals. So uh, hopefully something new to, to bring you to the table for something interesting, something exciting. Uh, check out the artwork that's on uh, League of Comic Book Geeks and Marvel.com for Judgment Day now. Uh, it's gonna be like bananas. I'm excited. 
Yeah, it's going right. to be it's going to be really good. Yeah. Is uh is that all you had this week, Ryan? Yeah, it's all I have right oh, now. Man. Well, yeah, is there anything that you wanted to talk about? Uh in terms of the Eternals, no. I'm just very yeah. excited for the upcoming event. Well, uh, what let's let's take a minute and talk about what what do you think we're going to see in the MCU uh with the Eternals going forward? That's a good question. There were so many deviations um, that happened in that movie. Uh, first off, the Celestials are obviously going to become a large part. There's just no question about that. I think in the next Eternals movie, we're probably going to start off with what happened to Cersei. Where did where Arashem took her and the rest of the Eternals that were still on Earth? Yeah, that seems likely. Um, I'm not sure if the Black... Uh, I don't know what they're planning with the Black Knight, to tell you the truth. I think that the last thing I heard about the Black Knight is that he's going to be appearing in the Blade movie. Well, that seems pretty likely since Blade was uh, showing up, showed up at the end of uh, the Eternals in the post. Right, well, scene. <laughs> showing up is is a is a generous term. Yeah, he was uh, justice you, voice. You hear his voice. Yeah. Justice voice. Yeah. But, uh, it should be interesting. It's I, I, so. Think of the, if you didn't enjoy the movie like like I did specifically just for the visuals. Then think of it like this: it's just a step sto- stepping stone movie. There are plenty of them in the MCU, like Iron Man Two. Everyone considers that one just a stepping stone oh, moving yeah, forward sure. kind of movie. But uh, it the, the stuff that comes out of Eternals is probably going to be a hell of a lot better than what we've got final product on that movie, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel like um, they definitely had a, a vision for for the Eternals movie, and what was the who was like, the um, director? Was it uh, was it Chloe Zhao? Uh, that's a good question. I think that was her name. IMDb. Chloe Zhao. I should just have a tab open for IMDb all the time. Yep, Chloe Zhao. Okay. Um, she's very avant-garde, artsy kind of director. She likes to to um, focus on the visuals and let the story sort of tell itself. Um, I think she did a great job. I liked the story. It wasn't the best, but I wasn't expecting a new Avengers movie. I was expecting the Eternals. You know, I uh, I think considering the fact this is like a an unknown factor to so many people, I uh, I think they did a really good job bringing the concept forward. Uh, personally, I probably would have preferred to see uh, them just spending less time on the like preamble to the story like you know we're we're here for a superhero movie we know what it is and we saw like you know some action in the beginning but i think they could have gone deeper that's what everyone's that. that was what everyone's problem was is the action was missing and i don't think it was barren of action i just don't think they got enough of it as they early as they should have well it, it's because the trailers focused heavily on the action and didn't give you Yes, that any, definitely didn't help. Any story or, or creative art artistry. 
whereas the movie itself was very um, dramatic and um, it just sort of flowed. It flowed wonderfully, but if you're looking for an action movie, it, it's not for you. It's just not for you. And there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, I, I would say if you're looking for just a out-and-out superhero action movie, uh, there, there are options. There are different options, for sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and um, then the Black Panther comes out. Number two. Uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, as far as the movies go, Thor and then Black Panther. Uh, uh, then but we've got uh, She Hulk and Miss Marvel. Will, will Miss Marvel in. comes out uh, this next week, nice. and then uh, She Hulk should premiere before uh, Black Panther. Very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. All right, that's all I got. Yeah, I think that was uh, that was a good one. All right, uh, we did know, it. Hit us with uh, what you would like to see from uh, Eternals. Yeah, hit us up our... with questions. Yeah, with questions too. Uh, at, hit up? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, at 7days2RSG. Uh, if you know what our cover art looks for, looks like for on our uh, podcast, uh, it's just the same um, for Facebook. And it's on our Twitter background. Yeah, uh, and just uh, so you know, those are, it's not artwork, that's a picture. We're Eggmen. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Alrighty. <laughs> so catch us, uh, catch us on Stargate Sundays. What is our next episode? Why Ooh. can I not recall the name of it? I want to say it's <sighs> Fire and Blood or something. Hold on, Kevin. You can answer a question about what a character said. In a single episode from like one season, but you don't know what episode comes next. Blind spot. It's always bl I've always got a blind spot for episode name names. Uh, fire and water. Fire, fire and water. And water. Fire and water. Well, those Damn. two don't go well together. SG One is convinced that Doctor Daniel Jackson is dead, and they begin to mourn him. While at the same time, Doctor Jackson is still alive being held hostage by an alien force. Oh, shit. This is going to be a good episode, everyone. That sounds Str good. Strap in. Nice. Alrighty. So we'll catch you and, on Stargate. Uh, Stargate Sundays. Stargate yeah. Sundays. And you know then, what we're brought to by today, Gep? What are we brought to by today? That Band-Aid that uh, is still sticky for some reason. Uh, it's been on your arm for a week, but it's still sticky. It's always in the most inappropriate place, right? It's, it's always in the... like a place where it bends, but like it doesn't come off. It's one of those band-aids that just stays on forever. And then you've got those band-aids where if you sweat a little bit, like just a tiny bit, it falls right off. This isn't one of those. Yeah, a, a light breeze will take it off. Yeah, the most not in... this one. The most inconvenient band-aid. This one. <laughs> <laughs> the most inconvenient band-aid <laughs> alrighty everybody wish you seven days to rock and stone rock and stone later oh boy later